As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hello and welcome to the show that brings you the thought and theology of C.S. Lewis with me, Ruth Jackson. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles and podcasts. That's premierunbelievable.com. But now for today's show. We are diving into the Unbelievable Archives, The programme that you're about to hear was originally broadcast in October 2010. Justin Briley was joined by Lewis scholar Dr Michael Ward and former Christian turned atheist Dan Barker. Here they reflect on the faith, philosophy and apologetics of C.S. Lewis. Let's join them for the third part of their discussion. I would like to get to kind of, if you like, the more Christological aspect of of C.S. Lewis's apologetic. Um, Maybe briefly, um, Michael, you could lay out what what is sometimes called Lewis's trilemma. Then we'll have Dan respond and then then you sort of pick up what what Dan has to say. Well, in Mere Christianity, Lewis develops this argument that, that Jesus Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or the lord of all creation lord lunatic or liar that's the trilemma and he he comes to that position because he says that a man who who said and did the things that jesus said and did um you know claiming to be divine claiming the ability to forgive sins not only sins committed against him but sins committed against other people that uh, behavior of jesus of nazareth on any other explanation than that he was who he said he was, namely one with the Father, uh, could only be accounted for on the basis that he was, you know, just sheerly lying. He was deceiving people when he Mm -hmm. said it, or else that he was mad. He was was deluded about uh, reality to such an extent that we shouldn't trust his claim Mm -hmm. to be divine. And, you know, it's it's a relatively simple trilemma yeah. that he presents. I think, I think you see a sort of um, a form of it even in one of the Narnia stories in the, the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe when the children come to the professor saying oh, Lucy's been telling us this, this strange story about going into a wardrobe and, and meeting a fawn mm. and the professor rather than dismissing the story as they expected him to says to them well is she given to lying? Mm. Um, do you think she's mad? And they say no, no. Then Perhaps the third possibility is true, that she's telling the truth. I, I, I mean, and if I, I'll read out briefly as well a segment of what he writes in, in Mere Christianity itself on this. He says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. 
That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic, on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronising nonsense about his being a great human teacher. Now, the trilemma has been something that, that has been obviously discussed at some uh, in some detail. Dan, what's your initial reaction to the, the trilemma that, that Lewis uh, first proposed in Mere Christianity? Well, one thing C.S. Lewis was not was a student of, of the Bible in any great depth. He read the Bible, but his understanding from what I read was quite simplistic. The trilemma is, is a false trilemma. There are more than those three options. There are at least two other options, and one of them is another capital L word, which many biblical scholars, and in fact, and many Christian scholars uh, put into the mix, and that is legend. Jesus may not have even said those things. His followers, the people who wrote the Bible, the people who put it together, could have created this person or created the words in the mouth of this person uh, in retrospect, going back through history. So uh, liar, lunatic, or lord are not the only options. In fact, in my book, uh, Godless, and in Losing Faith and Faith, I make a strong case for the legend framework for understanding the writings in the New Testament. Uh, maybe Jesus did exist and said a few things, but if you do what Thomas Jefferson did and strip out the legendary from the historical, we see that many of those things that we, we might think were lunatic or lying were actually just words put in his mouth. But there's another option besides those four, and that is he might have been mistaken. He might have actually thought he was telling the truth. He might have not been lunatic at all. He might have thought that there's all of these Signs were, you know, like my Christians today are mistaken. Michael is mistaken in his belief that there actually is a God and a devil and a heaven and a hell. I wouldn't call Michael a liar. I wouldn't call him a lunatic. Uh, I would just say that he has uh, misinterpreted or fallen into accepting the interpretations of other people. So there are many other options for looking at this supposed great trilemma than just liar, lunatic, or lord. Thank you very much, Dan. Uh, I'm sure you've come across that yourself, Michael. I mean, any response there? I guess Lewis never, you know, made himself out to be a, a biblical critical scholar in that sense. Uh, does 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 the the argument, the trilemma, fall down because, you know, mm. uh, the, what Dan says? Well, what if it was just legendary? The the sayings attributed to Jesus, etc. Yeah, Dan's right. Lewis wasn't a biblical scholar, um, but I think one needs to understand the context of this mere Christianity argument, it was it was in the context of a 15-minute broadcast uh, pitched at a very popular level to a, a very unscholarly audience, and so Lewis wasn't going to get into questions of biblical criticism, which he did know a fair bit about, even if he wasn't a professional biblical scholar. He wasn't going to get into, you know, redaction criticism and form criticism and all, and all these schools of biblical criticism that, that biblical scholars uh, deploy in order to you know, to try to test out the veracity of the scriptures. Lewis is basing his argument on the assumption that the biblical records are basically reliable. Mm. And he's, he's not going to go into it any more deeply than that. But of course, yeah, I mean, he would recognize that, you know, logically speaking, there is this, uh, this option of the legend. Um, but he's assuming 
that that's already been discounted. And you know, he's he's saying if Jesus said and did the things that he's recorded as saying and doing, then we have this situation ahead of us. And to 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 deal with what uh, Dan says about the mistaken, the possibility that Jesus was just mistaken. Well, I think that that here we're slightly splitting hairs. That there's there's a <laughs> there's a degree of mistakenness which most of us would ordinarily call madness, mm. lunacy. You know, people are so mistaken about the nature yeah. of themselves and their place in the universe that we actually call them unhinged lunatic so so essentially if, if someone came down the road and told me i'm the son of god anyone who's seen me has mm. seen the father mm. you know you, you'd you'd have to say they're you know they're a little bit more than just mistaken yeah. they happen to have come to the wrong conclusion you, most right. people would say no you're mad mate yeah this is a particularly gross mistake if if mistake it is yeah and a mistake which is of such an order that I think it's not unfair to call it madness if you're claiming to be one with the power that made the universe. I mean, that's a different order of mistake from my mistake, if if mistake it is, as Dan believes it to be, that um, God created this universe and, and Christ died for our sins. Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I have a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time. And some of Tom Wright's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' death, resurrection and return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts like Ask Inti Write Anything and Unbelievable going strong because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can today and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' death, resurrection and return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. That's premierinsight.org forward slash C.S. Lewis. Thank you. I mean, unfortunately, we don't have the time, again, to, to go into an in-depth um you know, textual, historical sort of look at, at the the sayings of Jesus about himself and whether, you know, we can, you know, say that, that they, they, they are there. But there are plenty of programs and I would encourage you to look at them, particularly perhaps the one from ooh, about a year ago with Richard Borkham on this very subject uh, on this program. So I'll, I'll post a link as well to that. Lots of li links to post <laughs> from today's program. But but that's a very interesting program on, on whether Jesus, uh, the statements Jesus made about himself, whether they can be historically seen as as, as um, you know, authentic as it were uh, about his messiahship, etc. Um, that was uh, Richard Borkham with James Crossley, I think. That episode of Unbelievable, I'll, I'll post up with this. I mean, but but for me, what it comes down to is is kind of what he starts that um, that quotation from Mere Christianity with, which is he what he wants to get to is people who say Jesus was a great moral teacher, um, because that he says is not one of the options i mean do you agree with that in a sense that that you can't just have jesus as the great moral teacher but even though many people like to talk mm. of jesus as the great moral mm. teacher well 
if Jesus was so mistaken about himself as to think that he was, you know, he existed before Abraham, if he's so mistaken as to think that he's, you know, the, the ground of everyone's being in some mysterious sense, then it does throw a big question mark over, you know, his teaching when he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. <laughs> um, why, why should we trust the latter if we can't trust the former? How unique do you think Jesus actually was, Dan, as far as uh, his moral teachings go and, and the things he said about himself? Jesus, if he existed, was not a great moral teacher. He did say some good things. I, I keep talking about Thomas Jefferson a lot, but Thomas Jefferson said he dug through the words of Jesus to try to find some good teachings, and he found some, but he told his friend uh, John Adams that it was like digging through a dunghill to find a diamond. Uh, the golden rule is not a bad idea. I, I would call it maybe a silver or a bronze rule, but it pre-existed in Christianity. Jesus didn't come up with that. He even admitted, he paraphrased it in the same pretty much way that Hillel had in the first century B.C., who was flipping a version that Confucius had even 500 years earlier. So uh, love your enemies and, and those things. You know, all religions have good teachings in them. All, who's opposed to world peace and love and forgiveness and goodness? If you look at all the religions of the world, you can pick out of them these great moral teachings uh, that are really human teachings. They are, they are teachings which confer survival advantage and confer community and so on. And it would be surprising if this Jesus character of the New Testament didn't say a few things like that. But on balance, his teachings were not good moral teaching. He had some horrible teachings in there, uh, not least of which was his promotion of the idea of hell, a lake of fire and burning and torment and judgment. Uh, even the Beatitudes are all predicated upon some other condition, you know, so that you can live long. They're, they're not really true altruistic. Uh, he talked about castration. He said there are some men who should castrate themselves, and he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. He talked with glee, maybe metaphorically, about cutting off body parts in a sexual context. He talked about hating your father and your mother. He said, I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword on this earth. So if you look, if you look at Jesus through just normal eyes, not the rose-colored glasses of a believing Christian and pick out all the good things, if you weigh them side by side, he was not an admiral moral teacher. Michael, you or I could have come up with a better system of morality than this Jesus character did. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So Michael, down there, Jesus not the great moral teacher even that, that Lewis wanted to, mm. to suggest people shouldn't just see him as. Um, he's, he's one among many who have said similar things, and indeed he said many things which we wouldn't say were particularly moral. Yes, well, um, I'm, Dan is... Um, Dan, what Dan just said would please C.S. Lewis a great deal, because Dan isn't coming with any patronising nonsense about Jesus being a great moral teacher. So that's good as far as Lewis is concerned. <laughs> you know, Dan isn't falling into the trap of patronising Jesus and saying, you know, he, he's great moral, as a moral teacher, and yet we can't trust his statements mm. about his own mm. divinity. So to that extent, <laughs> Dan and Lewis are on the same page. Uh, the question is, you know, if if we really find reasons to, to trust uh, what Jesus says about his, his authority, well then, the, the hard sayings, you know, the difficult sayings, um, we need to treat with a little bit more seriousness and, and ask ourselves, well, perhaps these hard sayings, which crack like a whip, Lewis says, uh, he's, he's not trying to disguise some of the, some of the toughness of Jesus' teaching. Maybe that toughness is is the kind of toughness that we need. And given the the, you know, the moral decrepitude that 
that we see both in our own hearts and in the world around us, you know, there's something pretty seriously wrong with this world, you know, maybe the, the remedy is going to be pretty hard too. Hmm. I mean, I suppose many people hearing Dan talking about some of those phrases, you know, I've come not to bring peace but to bring a sword, you know, um, they would say, well, you've got to look at the context. You've got to look at sort of what Jesus was actually saying. He wasn't saying, you know, literally take up a sword and go and, get your mum and dad or anything like that he was saying choosing me may mm. mean choosing um n you know may put you against other people may, may right. you know i mean is dan being fair to the text here or, or is this just you and me michael as christians saying no no you've got to look at it our way and not <laughs> your way well i think <coughs> excuse me uh many of those <clears throat> sayings that uh, dan just listed are are typically hyperbolic ways, you know, familiar to a Jewish audience, hyperbolic ways of teaching. You overstate your case in order to make your point. You know, you, you, you make it inescapably clear the point you want to make. But that's not to say that, you know, that um, you must therefore hate your mother and father. It's just, he's just saying that if, you know, if, if push comes to shove and you have to choose between doing what your dad says and doing what God says, then you have to set your face toward God and you set your face against what, your, your, what, you, what you've been conditioned by your society to believe. But that's just hyperbole. I mean, what's interesting as well is, is Dan su suggests that, you know, Jesus was, was in no way unique in that sense. But but in in a way, Lewis, neither did Lewis argue that Jesus was in, in that sense unique. He, he, he mm. spoke of there being many expressions in a sense of, yes. of God, but, but that Jesus was in some sense the true expression of the, the fulfillment. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, uh, in I think it's in his book, The Problem of Pain, he says that actually there's not that much in Jesus's teaching which you can't find in other great teachers uh, the really peculiar thing the unique thing about Jesus is is not so much his teaching as it is his person and his office who he was who he is rather than what he said and what he taught thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with me Ruth Jackson we were hearing there from Lewis scholar Dr. Michael Ward and former Christian turned atheist Dan Barker. They were speaking to Justin Briley on an unbelievable show, which was originally broadcast back in October 2010. Discover more about Lewis by visiting premierunbelievable.com, where you can also find lots of great articles and podcasts. That's premierunbelievable.com. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>